Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. To those guests who've just joined us, welcome. Our next stop is the Magic Kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, we are approaching our station at the entrance to Main Street, USA, gateway to the seven theme lands of the Magic Kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast. This is Justin, and joining me are... Garrett. And? Samantha. Yep, three of your four monorail co-pilots are here today. We're missing the usually missing McKenna. <laughs> so Teenagers. Yep. This is episode number 20 of the Monday Morning Monorail. Woo! Ding, 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 so ding, ding, ding. So we have reached another milestone. Chalk that one up on the board. And 20 so th- isn't that much. 20 is a good one. That's a lot. You're I've not 20. Got, I've got 500 videos. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, I guess we can't compete with the Gummy Bear King over here. That's not even my channel anymore. What is uh, it now? It's Omega Trash Can. What? Oh, man. <laughs> no one's going to be able to find that. They're looking for Gummy Bear King. <laughs> so today's September 3rd. Happy Labor Day, everybody. I hope you're enjoying your day, relaxing, maybe grilling, maybe enjoying a pool for the last time. I know our local water park is shutting down this weekend. Yeah. So after this, it's just, you know, I guess winter's here, so... Yeah, winter is coming. <laughs> we gotta do Halloween first. Pumpkin spice everything out. season. Nope. But you know, once we get past Labor Day, it really is the Christmas season. So <laughs> you're hurting Garrett's heart. Disney should start having not so scary parties and merry, very merry Christmas parties on like alternate nights. <laughs> Can you imagine the labor that would be involved with all the decorations? <laughs> yeah. That'd be nuts. They could do it. They're Disney. They could have like skeletons with Santa hats. That they could just mix the two. That'd be kind of fun. It, oh my gosh, it makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. Nightmare Before Christmas. All yeah. you have to do is the whole Jack Skellington thing. Yeah, and then on some nights, you know, they give you candy corn. On the other nights, they give you candy canes. I mean, why not? Or both, both. <laughs> candy corn flavored candy cane. I would eat those. Candy Gross. cane flavored candy corn. That sounds well, disgusting. Well, a candy cane flavored candy corn would just be a candy corn shaped peppermint. Mm-hmm. Okay. True. Riddles are hurting my brain. <laughs> All right. Well, to pass the time until Halloween arrives, you can listen to our podcast and get the Walt Disney World news, and I have more of it for you today. Woo! So let's get into the news. The first thing I wanted to mention is that, according to the Disney Parks blog, Artist Point at the Wilderness Lodge is officially going to become a character dining location called Storybook Dining. So in the interim, are they closing it? They're going to shut it down because they're going to do some uh, refurbishment to it. Mm -hmm. When it opens back up, it's going to be an enchanted forest-like setting inspired by Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Whoa! There you'll enjoy a delicious meal of fantastic fare with visits from Snow White, Dopey, and Grumpy. Delightful music and activities will help bring the classic fairy tale to life. And you'll even have the opportunity to encounter the queen. I am in the evil queen. Mm-hmm. Oh, geez. That'd be amazing. Oh, geez. I don't feel well, so <laughs> <laughs> You're, you guys are going to have to bear with me on this whole Garrett, bring the energy podcast. for mom. 
But I don't have any energy. What do you think? Would you be excited about doing a Snow White themed meal? Sounds cool. Wilderness Lodge. Yeah. My name's Garrett and I think it would be awesome. I would be nervous about the queen thing. Yeah. I wonder if she'll be the queen or the witch or both. No, she's beautiful as the queen. She'd give you an apple and you'd go into a coma. (laughs) She could deliver the desserts. (laughs) That would be awesome. (laughs) They should do that. That would be pretty. Disney, feel free to take that idea. Apple They could could give you the poison apple things from that one. Yeah, that's what I mean. She could bring apples to the table. (laughs) That'd be hilarious. Oh, that would be good. Like those candy apples. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. With the little skull candy on them. Yeah. We got one of those from that. What was the name of that uh, place at Disney Springs that we were in? The Cauldron Kitchen or something? (laughs) Cauldron Kitchen. I'm making stuff up. That apple was really good, though. I think it it was was called like the Candy Cauldron or something. The Candy Cauldron. Cauldron. I think you're right. And they had a fancy candy apple that was just like the poison apple, and it did have a candy skull on it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and it was delicious. It was really good. Yep. Well, the storybook dining at Artist Point with Snow White is slated to begin this winter. So, really soon. Yeah. We should go back. All right. Let's go on back. Ready? Mm-hmm. Pack your bags. Because last time it was like super hot. I know. And I was miserable. Next, this time, it will be cold, which I like cold. Yeah. Garrett's got it figured out. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm sold. While we're talking about new restaurant experiences coming to the Walt Disney World Resort, the Disney Parks blog also gave us a little bit more news about this, the cantina that we're all anticipating coming to Galaxy's Edge. Mm-hmm. Uh, will, will there be that band in there? Well, I'm about to tell you, you're, this is maybe even cooler than that. Although it would be awesome if occasionally they'd have the cantina band, but, but it looks like that won't be the case, but there's mm-hmm. going to be something in its place. So the cantina is going to be called Oga's Cantina. And um, it's going to be quite an experience because we're talking about like you know character interaction type things like stormtroopers, bounty hunters. Um, you know, all, I don't like you either. All kinds of like interesting people to interact with in this place. Um, and what you were asking about the entertainment. So, do you remember um, in Star Tours as you're walking through and there's a couple of those droids that are like in they're investigating the. Um, Luggage. Uh, luggage and things like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was pointing out to you that among those, there's they have the droid that used to be the pilot of the Star Speeders, um, and now of course C three PO is the pilot, but he the old guy has been retired. His name is RX twenty four, and apparently his new job is going to be the DJ of the cantina. What? <laughs> old dude, cantina DJ. Well, the old droid, yeah. The mm-hmm. he's got a new droid and a new job, new programming, and it says he'll be as quirky and talkative as, as ever, and still trying to do the best on his job. Get ready to listen to some unique music, taste the best drinks in the galaxy, and surround yourself with a color ca- colorful cast of characters. You never know what will happen at the cantina. I mean, they're gonna have blue milk. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it says that they're gonna have choices for kids and libations for adults. So I like. Libations. Uh, they will have famous concoctions created with exotic in- ingredients using otherworldly methods served in unique vessels. I mean, uh, it sounds like it's going to be awesome. I bet there'll be like glowing drinks so and stuff. So they're going to give you a snake venom in a bowl. They might. Space snake, actually. Yeah. Snake of the stars. Yeah. So, anyway... I'm excited about that. I mean, I was excited when I knew we were getting a cantina to begin with. 
And I thought maybe it would be a little more like the cantina we see in most Icely spaceport. But that's okay. I, I like it to be its own thing. And so it'd be cool, though, if occasionally they did have the cantina band in there. It would be really cool. Um, so we talked about a couple of things that are coming. Here's something that actually just went away. So as of August 31st, the last day of August, Sammy Duval's Water Sports Center actually ceased operations after 20 years of water sports at Walt Disney World's Contemporary Resort. So, Wait, what, what do you mean water sports? Like surfing and stuff? So what they offered was parasailing, water skiing, wakeboarding, tubing, um, all kinds of stuff like that. Oh, cool. Water-based activities, yeah. Oh. Uh, apparently you can still book fishing excursions, rent watercraft, or book specialty cruises, and learn to surf, it says. But if you had already prepaid a reservation for some time in the future for Sammy Duval. You're going to be getting a refund to your credit card. Oh, that's such a bummer. Yeah. So not sure, you know, what is up with that um, or what caused it. Maybe they're going to get a new thing or something happened. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe they just couldn't renegotiate the contract. Because obviously it was a, you know, Sammy Duvall's water sports outside company. It's not like Disney operated. So Right. Maybe Disney will bring in their own. Yeah. So that's a possibility. That'd be cool. So, but anyway, if you were a person who liked to do some of those fun things outside the contemporary for now, you won't be able to until they have some sort of a replacement. Um, so I'm sprinkling in the bad news of something closing with, with some good news of something coming back. The Kringla Bakery Oog Cafe has reopened at Epcot. If you remember, we talked about this several episodes ago and we were puzzled why it was such a big deal. Yeah. And then Allison... At WDW Mini Bar, told us it's because people get school bread. Yeah, and there. I really want to try it. But you're not a big fan of coconut. I am not, but so. I have decided I really like those toasted coconut chips. Oh, that's so true. So yeah. I think I'm starting to acquire a taste, but I don't like imitation coconut at all. Oh, okay. Garrett, do your imitation of a coconut. Oh my gosh, I'm done. Perfect. There, there it is. That, you did it. That was good. He really looked like one. <laughs> no, no. I, but your mom sound. doesn't like that. I was doing the sound. You did both. You looked like one and you sounded like a coconut. Like I Here, think... let me knock on your head. Yep, coconut. <laughs> I think like pina colada tastes gross because it's like coconut flavoring. Isn't it pina? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm done. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. Um, it is pina. <laughs> I think that this is another reason for us to travel down back in, you know, this winter. We can go visit the Kringla Bakery and get some school bread. So a popular place has opened back up. Our budget would like to say no. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, last piece of news I wanted to share today was a very special news about a brand new attraction slash resident of the Kilimanjaro Safaris. So apparently... On June 29th, a female giraffe calf was born, Aww. and you pronounce her name Isla. It's spelled I-E-L-L-A. Hey, we know an Isla. Which actually is named, so she's named after an Amazon warrior, and... Um, that's awesome. Cool giraffe. Yeah. Um, this is pretty significant because, um, there are only about 32,000 Maasai giraffes left in the wild, Primarily in Kenya and, and Tanzania, but poaching and loss of habitat are causing the numbers to decrease. So this is the first one, uh, the first offspring for parents Lily and George. And when she was born, 
she was already five feet tall at birth. Wow. Taller than me already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what? awesome. So I wish th- I was born five feet tall. No, you don't. And then everyone was just really tall. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I'd still be short. That's true. You would be. So that doesn't solve your problem. Yeah. Dang it. Apparently, if you go ride Kilimanjaro Safari, you can already spot Isla. She's out there on the savannah. So Aww. she'll be the youngest, smallest giraffe in the herd. Oh, I want to meet her. And then she is joining the ranks of another baby that was born on August 8th, which was a baby mandrill um, just a few weeks ago. So babies. I like babies that aren't my babies. <laughs> Especially when they're furry babies. Excuse yes, me? I like fur babies. I mean, I like my kids, but you're not a baby. No, but I'm your child. Yes. <laughs> you're, you're correct. So those were really the main things that I wanted to talk about today. Um, not a, not a whole lot of news coming out of the Disney parks, but I have a, a few little interesting bit of news things to talk about. What do you have? So, um, I've been following the WDW Mini Bar Twitter. Mm-hmm. Allison has been tweeting, and an update: um, the Food and Wine Festival is awesome. <laughs> of course, we knew that. That's not news. And um, the the um, not so scary party thing. She got um, the treat, you know, with. The oh, can- yeah, candy. The, the, the hitchhiking ghost. Yes, the yeah. hitchhiking ghost thing. She said it wasn't that good. Yeah, I know. I was disappointed when I, I saw that, too. Okay. And actually, her picture of it, that was a very poorly constructed Agreed. doom buggy. Yeah. It looked like they threw that thing together. There was not love in the construction no. of that doom buggy. No, it would have tasted better if they put a sprinkle of love. Yeah. But, um, but it's been fun following all of our friends because... Um, the uh, drunk stormtrooper is there too, and yeah. so a few people are there, and they're posting stuff. So everybody needs to yeah go watch out them. for Twitter if you want to be jealous, but also live vicariously through these lucky people who are getting to go to the food and wine festival. And the year. slushies look amazing. Yeah, they've got like a. Did you see they have a mimosa bar? Yeah, that looked pretty cool. It does. It looks amazing. So, but do you think, that's Gail? it. That's all my update. Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, that'll do it for segment one of the Monday Morning Monorail. We are heading over to M34D now. So strap in, keep your hands and arms inside the vehicle. We'll see you on the other side. Welcome back to the Monday Morning Monorail. This is M34D. And what does that stand for, you might ask? Because I don't always say it. I'll tell you today. It stands for the Disney Deep Dive with the Dawes. Well, it wouldn't be a Disney Deep Dive with the Dawes without the Dawes. So joining me today, as he always does, is Landon the Dawes Doan. Landon, welcome back to the Monorail. Uh, always glad to be here bright and early on this Monday morning. And boy, what you just said, that was a mouthful. It really was. And I'm very shocked I didn't trip over any of it. <laughs> that was the first take. I'm one take Justin today. Let's keep it yeah, going. <laughs> exactly. That's why they call you one take. Wait, no crap. Take it from the top. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
We are continuing our deep dive into day one attractions at the Magic Kingdom Park. And, you know, I got to tell you, the last couple of rides have made me feel like we're going around in circles. And I don't think the next one is going to do anything to change that mentality because today we are going to be talking uh, talking round and round about Prince Charming's Regal Carousel. You know, that was a very roundabout way to get to the point, man. It was. And I hope that it made people dizzy as I was working my way there. I actually feel a little nauseous now. (laughs) So take some Dramamine because we're going to be, there's definitely a motion sickness warning on this one and and next week too, little teaser. Mm -hmm. Maybe don't eat before you get on this ride. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So let's talk about it. So as I like to do, I like to start out with just a little explanation about what exactly is this attraction. Well, it's in the name. It's a carousel. I think most people are familiar with carousels, but in case you're not... I am going to explain to you what a carousel is. Okay, imagine you have a platform, a round platform shaped like a disc. On that disc, there are little wooden horses that make a circle shape around the outside of the disc. There's a giant pole that goes through the middle of the disc, and then you spin the disc. That's a carousel. Okay, I'm with you so far. (laughs) Does that sound like a reasonable explanation? I think that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, that, that sounds about right. Okay, so good. Um, so one of the things that I wanted to just kick off this discussion with was a note that I pulled as we were doing the research. And this, this I think is pretty significant and it's worth kicking off with. So the carousel, why are there carousels at so many Disney parks? You know, it's a simple attraction. Why is it so important in kind of the Walt Disney World universe? Well, I can tell you that you could really think of carousels as kind of the inspiration for why we ever got a Disneyland in the first place. Because according to my research, Walt Disney came up with the idea for Disneyland Park after watching his daughters ride the merry-go-round at Griffith Park. And then later, when Walt began turning his ideas of constructing a theme park into a reality, a carousel became the cornerstone of his future design and has remained that way ever since. There you go. If the internet lied to me, I'm sorry, but that's what I pulled from the internet today. And I don't think the internet ever lies, let's be honest. Everything that comes from the internet is true. Absolutely. If it's on the internet, it is 100% true, as far as you know. That's right. So, Landon, let's talk just about the Magic Kingdom version of the carousel. Can you tell me a little bit about the history of this ride? Yeah, actually, this attraction has history before Walt Disney even started coming up with the concept of building a theme park. The Magic Kingdom version of this carousel was originally built in 1917. The original name for it was the Liberty Carousel, and its original home was at the Bell Island Park in Detroit, Michigan. It was later moved to Olympic Park in Irvington, New Jersey, and then in 1967, it was bought by the Walt Disney Company. And then, you know, four, five-ish years later, it showed up. Yeah, there it was. It did undergo an extensive renovation. Um, so at the time, they repainted the horses uh, to match the Cinderella theme. But one of the things that remained from kind of the original design is maidens that, that can they can actually still be seen around the top of the ride. But all 90 horses, and there's 90 of them, were painted white. And that is because white horses are typically associated with heroes. So, hmm. okay. yeah. And there's another little thing that I thought was kind of interesting. Apparently, and there's some conflicting reports about this, but uh, but there's there's always been this myth that one of the horses is Cinderella's horse. Do you know how you picked out which one was Cinderella's? I do not. Well, apparently it had a golden bow on its tail. 
Hmm, and, okay. And cast members always referred to that as Cinderella's. Um, and the, and even in some publications that were you know distributed to the world, they actually referred to that horse as Cinderella's. That's kind of been walked back a bit. Apparently, there was an interview with Al Vaught, a park employee responsible for restoring the carousel, along with John Hinch. She gives her own reasons for doubting the, the veracity of Cinderella's horse story, namely that Cinderella would not have one on an inner row and that it would have been decorated more elaborately than the other horses. And, and she said Cinderella doesn't ride in the film, which I guess is fair. But, you know, sometimes these stories develop just, you know, passing down the myth from person to person. I actually kind of like to imagine that one of those horses is Cinderella's. I think it works. Well, guess what? Myth busted. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, one of the things that's happened over time, there have been some changes to the ride, but but mainly it did change names because this used to be um, named after Cinderella. And then when they redid the the ride in 2010, it became Prince Charming's regal uh, carousel, and they actually came up with a new backstory for it. As, as we tell you, all of these rides in the Magic Kingdom and, and all of Disney World, they all have a story and even a carousel. So here's the story that I was able to come up with. So following the fairy tale romance and happily ever after wedding, Cinderella and Prince Charming took up residence in Cinderella's castle. With peace throughout the kingdom, Prince Charming had time to practice for jousting tournaments. In the countryside near the castle, he built a training device of carved horses on which he could practice the art of ring spearing, a tournament event in which knight, a knight rides horses full speed lance in hand toward a small ring hanging from a tree limb with the object of spearing the ring. And then, so, the it goes to say that this drew the attention of the villagers who wanted to take a turn on this amazing spinning contraption, so Prince Charming had a second carousel constructed closer to the castle where everyone could take a spin on this wondrous invention instead of riding the knight's training device. So, there you go. That's why we have a carousel behind Cinderella's castle. You're Does right. that explain why it has two R's in its name? I guess you know that that's where it gets its <laughs> second R. You know, it's it, that's the that's the magical R. <laughs> ah, I mean R. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, are we on pirates again? I'm confused. <laughs> We're back to pirates. Yeah. I'm gonna come out and tell you. I actually have never ridden the carousel at the Magic Kingdom, but I love the fact that this is one of those. It, it really is kind of a piece of history. You know, it's a, a reclaimed um, attraction. That's been around over 100 years now. Over just, 100 years at this point. Yeah, yeah. Just, just celebrated its 100th birthday. And so what did you get the uh, carousel for its 101st <laughs> birthday? Um, I guess not my butt on one of the horses is what I got it. I, I think that I, it's it's almost like I enjoy walking past it and looking at it and appreciating it for what it is. I don't feel like I necessarily need to ride it. I get it because I think part of the attraction, the appeal of the carousel is the organ music that you can hear playing from it as you walk by. Mm. And then all of the ornate decorations, you know, all the gold and silver and white. Um, it's very pretty to look at all the lights there. Uh, apparently 2,300 shimmering lights on this ride. Wow. So, so of course, as with a lot of things at the magic kingdom, very pretty at night. I don't think that you necessarily have to ride it to appreciate it. So it's one of those rare rides that, you know, it's just, I think it's just as good to kind of look at and be around, especially if you might be a little bit sensitive to the motion sick kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And also if you're a little bit tight on time, because I mean, the ride itself does take just two minutes, but at the same time, standing in queue, you're probably looking at what, at best, like maybe 15 minutes, 20 worth of time. And I mean, that doesn't sound like a lot, but as we say on this podcast, the most valuable currency you have in Disney is time. It's true. 
So you can get the whole uh, whole enjoyment except, you know, the round and round part. Yeah, you got to consider Which it. honestly might give you more enjoyment if you are susceptible to motion sickness. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We found out as we were doing our research that not only is there a carousel at Disneyland and Disney World in the Magic Kingdom, but but it's also in two other parks. Landon, where are those? In Tokyo Disney, it is called Castle Carousel, and at the Hong Kong Disney, it is called a Cinderella Carousel. So four of the six parks have a carousel. I wonder why it's not at the other two. Yeah, I'm kind of curious of that, too, because, like, especially it being a day one attraction, one of the, you know, quote unquote, more iconic Disney rides from that time, you would think it would be everywhere. But at the same time, it is just a carousel. Let's be honest. I say just a carousel. But at the same time, if you've been on a carousel, you've been on a carousel. Yeah, so so they don't have one at Shanghai, and then they don't have one at Disneyland Paris. That's interesting. Um, I'm going to keep that mental note in my mind, because I think that might come back later. So, hmm. Okay, but... I also wanted to say, so even though there is one at Disneyland, it kind of it's kind of classified a little dis, dis, Disney differently. I'm not sure I'm not sure what makes it so different, but the one at Disneyland is called King Arthur Carousel. So maybe it's just because it's not in the Cinderella, you know, um, universe. So it's King Arthur Carousel, and it was an open opening day attraction at Disneyland. Um, and as with the Walt Disney World version of the carousel. This was a uh, a carousel that they actually rescued. So it this one came from the Dental Carousel Company in Philadelphia, and it was eventually over in the Sunnyside Beach Park in Toronto, Canada, in 1922. When Disney purchased the carousel for Disneyland, it actually had horses, giraffes, deer, and other animals. Whoa! I want to ride a giraffe on a mar- or on a carousel. That sounds cool. Yeah. So it makes it a little different, I guess. Yo, I, I almost called it a merry-go-round. Do we know the difference between carousel and merry-go-round? You know, I always considered a merry-go-round to be the thing at a playground where the kids can push it and then they hop on and it spins. Oh. That's what I oh. always thought a merry-go-round was, but I don't know that there's a difference. I mean, that sounds good enough to me, and now that you said it, it's on the internet, and as we already established, it must be true. <laughs> yeah, you can't lie on the internet. No, that's against the law. Hey, so a Google search... Uh, apparently is pretty common. People are Googling merry-go-round versus carousel. <laughs> so okay. here's what I can tell you. A carousel, roundabout, or merry-go-round is a type of amusement ride consisting of rotating circular platform with seats for riders. And apparently there's an alternate American name, the Galloper. I've never I've heard, never I've heard never that. I've never heard yeah. that. <laughs> That's not my America. Yeah, I've just surveyed literally everybody in America, and we've never heard of that. Yeah. So, so we found one inaccuracy on the internet. So they seem interchangeable, but I can tell you this. As I was looking at this Google search, the American version is carousel. French has two R's in it. So oh, it, yeah. Okay. So it's the French version that we're looking at. Roundabout is a British English, and then merry-go-round is just a alternate phrase. So it looks like really there's no difference. But for a final, <laughs> for a final <laughs> confirmation... Let's see. This is fun trivia right here. Funtrivia.com. What's the difference between a calliope, a merry-go-round, and a carousel? The difference is the direction they turn. Really? This, according to this person, and who knows if they are the world's authority on carousels and merry-go-round, <laughs> they say in the UK and Europe, merry-go-rounds usually turn clockwise, while in North America, carousels typically go counterclockwise. So, hold on. Now, we should be able to verify in our notes... What direction does the Prince Charming Regal Carousel turn? And let me just see if I put that in here. 
because it better go counterclockwise, right? This this just ruins everything I've ever believed about the internet and not being able to lie. Okay, so according to the internet, Prince Charming's regal carousel turns counterclockwise. Oh, oh. thank and goodness! Oh, yeah, oh. we really dodged a bullet there. So at least we really did. At least for another day, the internet is infallible. <laughs> you do not realize how close we came to our existence collapsing in on itself. What would we do? Ooh. What would we do if people could post lies on the inter internet? What kind of world would we be in? Gosh, that'd be terrible. Just everybody angry all the time and upset <laughs> over the smallest minutia. Like, I can't fathom that. Oh, man. I don't even want to think about it anymore. So <laughs> Me neither. So, Landon, do you have any personal stories about Prince Charming's regal carousel? Yes, I do have a story of riding the carousel. Uh, it's when I went for the very first time, little Landon with, you know, a little brother and mom and dad. We did ride the carousel, and, I mean, it's it's a carousel. It goes around and around, and you go up and down on your little horse or whatever, and then it's over. Okay. It's a carousel. Good story. Thanks, I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I don't believe I've ever ridden this unless I was very little and I just don't remember riding it. You know, I, some Which, of I mean... It it, that could be a possibility because, I mean, like, I don't want to bag on this attraction too much, but, I mean, there isn't really that much memorable that makes it stand out from every other carousel that you've been on other than it has a Disney skin on it. So I can't really fault you if, if this has been lost in your memory. Yeah. I guess that's true, but we could also file this in my evidence locker for reasons that I'm a terrible parent because I've never taken my child on the Prince Charming <laughs> Regal carousel either, so... You monster. I know. All right. Well, I think that'll wrap it up for Prince Charming. Hold on one oh, second. So, I found miss? a fun little detail that just screams the Disney OCD-ness that really nails the magic of oh, Disney. Well, then when we the have to have it. What? I said, then we have to have it. Let's hear it. Absolutely. I'm trying to bring you. Would you shut up? No. <laughs> when the carousel was being installed, Roy Disney himself noticed that the placement of the carousel was just off center of uh, Cinderella's Castle Breezeway. So you know what they did? They moved the entire thing eight inches just so it would be lined up in the center of the breezeway. That right there is that Disney OCD-ness that we've come to love. You're right. And you know what? As a person who has functional OCD, I totally appreciate that. <laughs> That's the kind of detail that I would expect from Disney, and that makes me really happy to hear it. Well, Roy's got your back, dude. Also, take your medication. Yeah, I know. I <laughs> it could be a real problem if it's not managed. But anyway, all right. At this point, have we captured everything? I do believe so. Okay, very good. Landon, thanks so much for helping me explore the story of Prince Charming's Regal Carousel. As always, it's, it's great to have you join the monorail. And if you all out there monorail listeners or riders enjoy Landon as much as I do you can catch him in a bunch of other places go to his website buttmunchchips.com sit on your butt and munch and you can find two at least two other podcasts to listen to one of them's Nearfall Radio a wrestling podcast which may have me on it as well and the other is Game of Thrones Talk or Got Talk and that one is all about HBO's awards awards winning because it's more than one it's one bunch a bunch whole of bunch of them every yeah. award like even the uh, nickelodeon kids choice awards swept them all that's right the kids love game of thrones but it's all about game of thrones <laughs> yep i'm not on and that one nickelodeon awards <laughs> but all right landon um i have a plan that uh we should meet here again next week what do you say sounds good to me we'll go around around up and down one more time dude all right well we'll see you then please stick with us we will come back with the final segment of Monday Morning Monorail.
Welcome back to the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast. This is segment number three, the final segment of today's Labor Day extravaganza. And today, we're going to do something a little bit different. I saw this article on ThemeParkTourist.com where they listed out 14 new attractions, shows, and restaurants coming to Walt Disney World by 2021. And I thought it might be fun to just kind of go through this list and talk about what we're excited about and maybe what we're not so excited about. Okay. What we think. So, ready? The list is new to us as well. Yeah. Luckily, it's all stuff we've talked about. You'll be familiar with all this stuff. I don't think there's any surprises. Sounds good. All right. So, number one, Disney Junior Dance Party. Status confirmed. Opening fall of 2018. So, this is something we've talked about. This is the one that's replacing the Disney Junior Dance uh, or Disney Junior Live on Stage at Disney Hollywood Studios. Which replaced Playhouse Disney back in the day. Yeah, that's right. Um, and this, uh, it's a character-based show that's going to feature plenty of familiar faces from the popular TV shows like Mickey and the Roadster Racers, Doc McStuffins, The Lion Guard, and Vampirina. All of Garrett's favorites. No, definitely not. So. <laughs> I don't even know the, there was a racing thing. I, I actually I hadn't know. heard of Mickey and his Roadster Racers either, but. Yeah, uh, we're, we're kind of in the older I kids. Think, I think I've seen, I think I've seen toys of it. Maybe not something that's important to us, but there are people who are going to be excited a about A lot this. of people would be excited because they have little kids. And whenever McKenna was little, she really got into the, the little Playhouse dance Disney. parties and yeah. stuff. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm, I, although I am not fully aware of all of the characters in this, um, doesn't mean that other parents aren't. That's true. Mm-hmm. So, number two. A currently untitled Cirque du Soleil show based on Disney movies. Whoa! So, at Disney Springs, they already had Cirque du Soleil La Nuba that's been there for years. Like, for 30 years, I think it's been there. Okay. Um, and it closed at the end of 2017. But before they did it, they Disney confirmed that a new show was in production and would be rolling out. And it's based on Disney movies. Nice! So, that's going to be pretty interesting. A nice little crossover between... Cirque du Soleil and Disney, and I think it, it's a, it's fitting. You know, it's going to be in Disney Springs, and I think that'll be really cool. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun, and they do cool. amazing things. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen any of the videos of Cirque du Soleil, Garrett? Yeah, I've seen little clips. Yeah, they're pretty good. Mm-hmm. So that'll be fun. Uh, number three, this is something we talked about a couple weeks ago: Lightning McQueen's Racing Academy. So this is also coming into the Disney Hollywood Studios. A new show based on the world of cars called Lightning McQueen's Racing Academy. And um, it'll open, let's see, 2019. It, I, I don't have a more exact date, just 2019. Okay. Um, and according to Imagineer Kathy Magnum, this new entertainment offering will be a show unlike anything we've got anywhere else. And it will feature well-known characters from the Cars films. In addition to Lightning McQueen, the show will feature Cruz Ramirez and Mater. And it will immerse guests in the world of Cars, bringing them face-to-face with racing legend Lightning McQueen, who will be on hand to demonstrate racing techniques on a new simulator. So that's interesting. I think when we first talked about this, we were like, are they going to like race around a room? Like, What are they going to do? Uh, so it's you, it's you haven't seen Cars 3. No. So there's a simulator that they use in Cars 3 that I think they're going to be using oh, for this show yeah that'd be cool yeah and it's going to be in the sunset showcase facility that's already there um close to rock and roller coaster so. okay so yeah it's 
I think it could be pretty interesting, and I bet it's going to be pretty high tech. It'd be something I want to see. You, like, you said it was definitely pretty immersive. Mm-hmm. Pe- people are in there, they're like, maybe I am a car. <laughs> <laughs> they leave feeling like they need to get their oil changed. <laughs> <laughs> Did I just forget to turn my blinker on? <laughs> I'm making a left-hand turn out of this door. Well, I, I do remember hearing that after the show, I think you actually get a chance to kind of get sh- like have a meet and greet with the cars. I think okay. that's going to be part of it too. So that's cool. Yeah, that'll be pretty neat. Try to shake hands with Lightning McQueen. He runs over your hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't make a deal with Lightning McQueen. Nope. You have broken fingers. Um, number four. This one, uh, I mean, I'll give it to him. I don't know that it really counts. The Disney Skyliner opening 2019. So we knew about this one. Yeah. Gondolas. It's pretty cool. It is going to be really cool. I still think um, that we need to reserve a cart for ourselves when you have to serenade me over. (laughs) Remember? Because I thought it was like a gondola. Oh, yeah. You you thought it was like the Italian gondolas. (laughs) Yeah. Nope. (laughs) These are ones that fly through the air. Oh, geez. Oh, (laughs) flying gondolas. They're going to (laughs) be... Six individual loading and unloading stations. And the Disney Skyliner cabs are going to feature Disney characters, including the Fab Five, as well as the Hitchhiking Ghosts. The Fab Five? Mm-hmm. From um, Queer Eye? Nope. No, not them. No, not, not that Fab Five. They nope. are Fab as well. Yeah, this is the Disney Fab Five. I know. I'm just messing. Uh, so we've already mentioned, we're. I'm personally very excited about the Skyliner. I don't know if everybody else is. Pluto's a good... Uh, a pretty good fashion designer. <laughs> well, Daisy is for sure. Yes. Pluto's better. She's on Pluta. point. Pluto. Pluto's better. Yep. All right. Number five, unnamed restaurant in Japan. So apparently earlier this year, Disney confirmed the rumor that an all-new table service restaurant would be coming to the Japan Pavilion in the World Showcase sometime in the near future. The new location will offer guests a signature dining experience inspired by the natural beauty of Japan. The setting will draw from both nature and takumi, which means artisan in in Japanese. And the relationship between Japanese craftsmanship and the natural world will be evident throughout the space. They should definitely have sushi. No, I think they need to move away from um, fried rice and do something different. Because Japan has so much more to offer than just fried rice and hibachi. Yeah, and and I I feel optimistic that this restaurant will be different. Because they already have Teppan Edo and Tokyo Dining, which offer a lot of those things. You know, and I I saw um, a video that Japan now serves, like, well, there's, like, a specialty place that people are crowding because it's, like, a cool thing right now. But they make fish-shaped waffle cones, Mm -hmm. and they fill it with Nutella, and then either, like, a custard or red bean, um, and then ice cream, and you eat it out of the fish's mouth. They could do that. A whole uh, restaurant. I was in until ice you, cream. You eat recur- regurgitated Nutella out of a fish. <laughs> oh my gosh, Nutella is delicious <laughs> even in fish. It's a f- they have a lot of cone. They have a lot of fish-shaped treats there. That's because they, they eat a lot of seafood. Yeah, it's and a then they also based. eat like a lot of things that aren't fish but are shaped like fish. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, number six. Ratatouille, too bad McKenna's not here to celebrate with us. Oh, gosh. Opening rumored in 2020, so this one's a little bit farther off. Yeah. And, of course, it's going to be mostly based on the Disneyland Paris trackless 3D ride, which I'm really excited about. That's cool. Yeah. So, 
Without McKenna here, I feel like we can just skip it. Move on. <laughs> Number seven, Future World Space Restaurant. I am so excited about that Yeah, one. it sounds yeah. really cool what you've told us. That one, uh, we don't know exactly when it's going to be open, but we've we've talked in detail about that restaurant. I just think I think the whole thing is going to be amazing, and I just hope they have freeze-dried ice cream. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, I don't really care for that, but... <laughs> But um, anything else would be fine. I, I like I like astronaut ice cream and tang, all the tang. I like tang, so tang rubbed steak. Oh, <laughs> we were talking yeah. tang pork. Tang pork. That's yeah. Exactly. I like zero gravity water. Zero gravity <laughs> water. Okay. Little beads of water flying in the well, sky. Well, that's funny because uh, your mom likes high gravity the... beer. True. <laughs> Uh, I don't get it. <laughs> That's okay. I don't know what that means. You will someday. <laughs> don't worry about it. Number eight, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Um, so it, what is this Runaway Railway? Well, you, you we've talked a little I bit about, about it. I know about it. This is what's replacing the great movie ride. Oh, uh, right. Yeah. So um, basically what's going to happen here is you're going to be stepping through a movie screen and become... A part of a Mickey Short cartoon. Yeah, I remember. I that love now. those. I love those little cartoons. Yeah, me too. It's gonna be pretty awesome. Samba, Mini Samba. <laughs> those are pretty funny. The Samba that I actually that was like an advertisement or something because you guys say it so much. My phone is now like, oh, she loves Samba Mini. <laughs> <laughs> that, I'm not um, even kidding. That episode's kind of weird. That's a good one. It's cute. Uh, but yeah, so that one's going to be pretty cool. And, you know, a lot of it sounds like, well, this could just going to be a like a standard kind of ride through the dark. Like, But Disney is saying it's going to be pretty high tech. Uh, but you won't need 3D glasses to ride it, but it's still going to be kind of like a 3D experience. Well, there's probably going to be stuff on screens and in yeah. not on Yeah, it's going to be a mixture of both. Yeah. I think so. All right, number nine, the Millennium Falcon ride. Opening oh! with Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Oh! Yeah, That's this, cool. this one, so I actually read an article just the other day where some of the development has been delayed a bit, and it's because what they have come to realize is that, you know, the original plan for this ride is you're going to be in a cockpit with five other people, and you all have a job to do on this ride. And it's, mm. and like, it's not like Mission Space where it tells you to press a button, but whether or not you press the button, the thing happens. In the Millennium Falcon, if you don't do your job... You're either going to crash or fail your mission or whatever it is. That's You're, crazy. It's going to affect the ride experience and also your reputation in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. See, that means I don't want my children to ride it with well, me. Well, so, but see, <laughs> so what they've decided is it's not really fair to people. Um, like if you show up as an individual or just a couple of people that your whole experience could be changed by the fact that you're in the cockpit with four people who don't care and are purposely trying to crash or something. Actually, I wouldn't mind if Garrett and McKenna were there. I don't want someone else's kid on my ride, (laughs) (laughs) but, but they are trying to fix it now. Um, so that it basically, you know, if you do your job, you know, it's, it's going to work out okay. But what if you're one of those kids that don't get it? And well, exactly, yeah. too. You might be little. Yeah. So that's something else. Like, it might not be on purpose you, that you're trying you to You walk out of, the, out of the ride, and all the, all the people around there are looking at you like, stupid, stupid little kid. Yeah, people could get really mad at you if, yeah. if you mess it up for them, yeah. I, I would think. No, I mean, like, the reputation thing. Well, right. It's but like, 
like an episode of Black Mirror. Yeah. <laughs> where everyone's checking their app to see the person close to them, if they have good reputation or not. <laughs> Here's something that I thought was pretty interesting, Garrett. You'll appreciate this. So Disney's actually partnering with NVIDIA, and they're using state-of-the-art processors to synchronize five projectors at the same time for an ultra-high-resolution effect. I mean, that's pretty cool, but NVIDIA's done some pretty... Uh crappy stuff in their days <laughs> i mean they make really good they technology make cards and processors. like they make really good graphics cards but they've um one of their old ones like i've heard that they purposefully made it slow down your computer so you'd get a better one well i don't think they would do that to the ride no they wouldn't do no. that and then here's the other thing so it was also confirmed that graphics in the attraction are going to be powered by a modified unreal engine so. Oh, I, I know Unreal Engine. Mm -hmm. Epic Games made it. That's right. Wait. Yeah, they did. So though it may seem strange to use a video game engine in the theme park attraction, the Unreal Engine has, a has, has been modified in such a way that it can produce crystal clear images and should help bring the fantastic world of Star Wars to life in a realistic way. Yeah, you can make some pretty cool stuff in Unreal. I feel like Garrett could really grow up to be someone who makes rides like sure, this. Sure, he could do it. Like, I don't know. He just talks about all this stuff. You know it. You're just so smart. But I'd, I'd want to use Unreal for a game. Yeah, but you're smart. Something a lot more interactive than that. You could do it. Well, this Anything. is kind of a game slash ride. Yeah. It's a hybrid. So um, number 10 on their list is the Star Wars Cantina, which we already talked about. Mm -hmm. Number 11 is Star Wars Dinner Club Restaurant. So... Apparently, in addition to the cantina, it's been confirmed recently that Star Wars Land will feature a dinner club-style restaurant that will likely be either a traditional sit-down or perhaps even an in-park dinner show. Nice. Yeah. So that should be pretty neat. See, that might be where we see something like, you know, uh, the um, Max Rebo band on Jabba's Palace in, in Return of the Jedi, the, the blue elephant-looking dude that plays the keyboard and the guy sings. I was going to ask yeah. about him. Yeah. <clears throat> Maybe... You know, maybe that's what's going I on. I had a toy. Uh, we, I had a toy. Though. Yeah, you did have Max Rebo. Uh huh. Uh, number twelve, the First Order Battle Attraction. So, it's, this says while the Millennium Falcon ride will use new technology to deliver a thrilling experience, the likes of which hasn't been seen before at a Disney park, the new First Order ride will be a more traditional dark experience with a concept art appearing to show a motion-based ride vehicle moving through a scene with screens, and you're probably going to get to shoot. At stuff. Okay. Pew, pew, pew. Buzz Lightyear, where McKenna murders all of us with a really high yeah, score. I've heard some things. I've heard some things. I've heard some people say that it could be that you're either put on the side of the resi resistance and first order and you actually like kind of playing against them. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know. Hmm. So we'll see how that turns out. Interesting. Number 13, Tron Light Cycle Power Run coming to the Magic Kingdom in Tomorrowland. Knew about that. We knew about it. We're excited about it. I love it's the looks of that be ride. It's so cool. Yeah. That'll be really neat. Yeah. And then the last one on their list is the Untitled Guardians of the Galaxy Future World Ride for Epcot that's opening in 2021. So, and, you know, we talked to Kevin about it because he was telling us about how the, the construction looks huge for this thing. It's going to be an indoor roller coaster. It's yeah. supposed to be family friendly, but it looks like it's going to be really, like, huge. And who knows? I mean. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. They have a lot of stuff happening right now. A lot of changes and things coming. It's pretty pretty crazy to think about. Well, I think, you know, 
what it just kind of reminds you. You can go a couple of years without going to Disney World, and then when you go back, it's almost like a totally different experience because there's so many new things, so many changes. Yeah, but um, you still get the nostalgia. Yeah, and they all these things we're talking about, they're not really replacing old things. You mm. know, that's all new additions. Although, the Guardians of the Galaxy is replacing Universe of Energy. So well, that's yeah. one thing that's that, you know, I was not correct about. But a lot of those things are... Like, I can tell you, Tron, uh, the Space Restaurant, Ratatouille, those are all on expansion pads. You know, they're not replacing anything. They're adding. Yeah. Um, so we've been talking about that Parkology Challenge where you're supposed to go to Walt Disney World and ride 49 rides it's in one day. It's going to be impossible. If they ever run out of space out, they can make things, like, up. Like, big pads of land. <laughs> make a platform, a second level? Yeah. Of Disney World? Well... That's all I had for you guys today. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that rings true every time I hear about all the stuff that, you know, is happening is um, if you're going to Disney, you got to plan because there's so much going on. Yeah. Jeez. Every time you say all this stuff, I'm like, man, it's crazy because the next time we go, we're going to have to plan to fit some of that in. And it was already hard to get everything done in the first place. It's almost impossible unless mm-hmm. you're staying for a couple of weeks. How do yeah. you do everything? That's crazy. So anything else before we wrap up? I'm good. Garrett, you always have a parting word. What's your parting word today? Uh, chicken. Okay. Guy Fieri, <laughs> chicken guy. Garrett is the chicken guy. Garrett is the well, chicken I don't want to be beat up by Peter Griffin. Spoiler <laughs> alert, Garrett's the chicken guy. <laughs> He's going to turn into a chicken. If you are what you eat, Garrett's going to be a chicken. If a I'm a chicken, chicken, Peter Griffin will beat me up. That's he how will. it works. He will. So yeah. you better be watching your back. All right. Thank you all for joining us again. We've had a great time. Hopefully you did as well. Come back next week and we will do it all one more time. Woo! That was Ric Flair. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for riding with us today. We hope you enjoyed the journey and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Until then, we want to hear from you. Send us questions, comments, and suggestions on Twitter at Morning Monorail. Our email address is mondaymorningmonorail at gmail.com. You can also call our voicemail at 407-917-2144. As we approach the station, gather your belongings and please watch your step as you exit. (laughs) See y'all real soon.